1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to a landmark episode of the 77 Club. It is episode 250. Uh, can you believe it, Harry? Um, for the 250th time, what are the socials? The Wolf 77 Club on Facebook and Instagram. And at 77 Club Podcast on X. And then we're on Spotify, <laughs> YouTube. 250 not out. Lovely. Very nice. Uh, Dan Bayes is here. Hello. And Jack Williams. Good evening, Wolves fans. Uh, Harry, we were thinking, are we going to have to change the title of the last pod? Are we going to have to delete it? We were bigging it up so much to the prospects of the Black Country Derby in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Yet here we are, uh, winning the replay 3-2 after extra time. Yeah. Um, God, I don't know. I was a bit of a weird one. I, I was the only one who went and I lads out of a slot. Um Bit of a, a plastic, yeah. Yeah, as I said, I'll be I'll be completely honest. I wasn't going to go to this game until the West Brom draw happened. It was absolutely freezing. The atmosphere was non-existent. I'll be honest because I think Brentford brought 150 fans. The South Bank did try. It's got to be said, but it was one of those nights where I think everyone was just thinking, "We're going to mess this up somehow." It's just what Wolves do. But thankfully, we didn't. We got through, and in the end. Apart from freezing my balls off and having no toes and fingers left, it was actually a really good night at Molyneux and I look forward to watching the Albion game in a pub. Bayliss, on 60 minutes, you sent to the group, we're a laughing stock. Can't (laughs) even get to the point of playing our rivals, let alone beat them. Only team in the history of football to lose a local derby a week and a half before kickoff. I don't even know (laughs) what that means. Um, 
And <laughs> and then when Nathan Fraser came on, um, you said, we haven't got any strikers. It's a travesty. Uh, and then he goes and gets the equaliser. The 18-year-old from Technol, the Technol Terrier. You are a brilliant pundit. I'll tell you what, he's not a terrier. He's built like a brick shithouse, isn't he? He's um, massive, isn't he? <laughs> in all fairness, because we couldn't, because um, there was no way of watching the game, be that legally or otherwise. We're having, I was having to listen to it on Talk Sport too, on like the app, which meant I was yeah. doom scrolling on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, yeah, the, the, the stick we were getting at 1 0 and 2 1 down was absolute dog's abuse. Was it like proper dog's boot? And I, I was losing it. I was just like, how can we put ourselves in this position of like first time in front of fans in 12 years and Wolves are going to bottle it against Brentford, who I've now seen twice already this year and they were utter turd. So I was losing, I was losing my mind. I was so angry. Thank God. Thank God this kid can play football and tell you what, we'll get onto it, but what a finish. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I had a wobble. I, I was fuming. I wouldn't have forgiven him. If we'd have lost it, I would not have forgiven him for a long time. <laughs> I think it's, it's a bit hard, it's a bit of slight overreaction. Uh, just for context, though, like Dan is the king of overreacting. Like any little <laughs> setback, he just it, just throws it, his uh, toys out the pram massively. So it's not it's not out of character. It's not out of character. At one point, I think when we went two 0 down, he actually said Gary O'Neill out. Two one. Sorry, I after we went two one down. No, you did. It's, it's in the group, but no, I it kept replying to it afterwards. Um, you definitely said it, and um, it's definitely I there. He said out. I said he can fuck off because this yeah. is ridiculous. Uh, uh, so, so, sorry, that's just as bad. We won our last three Premier League games, and then suddenly because we've gone behind against a Brentford team, granted they were crap, but granted we've got issues with you know, with personnel, there's players away, there's players injured, players suspended. It was a bit of an overreaction, but I I, I, I get your frustration because it was a really strange, it wasn't even a watching experience, it was a, a listening experience. And it's like going back in time to when that you couldn't get streams of games really. And this, this I think is probably the only game, definitely this season, probably in a while, I haven't been able to watch in some way, be that via stream or being there in person. And you, you, I was basically just crouching down by the radio and just pacing up and down the flat. And it, it was horrible because when you're watching, when you're listening to commentary, it doesn't matter how good the commentators are. If you, if you can't see what's going on, every time they raise their voice, you think something's happened. You think it's a goal. It's, oh my God, he's, he's, he's missed. Um, it, it's just, it's torture. It's a horrible way of watching football, particularly um, particularly when we know what's at stake really. And we, we know that, that, that there's this prospect here and Albion would have found it hilarious if we bottled it. I bet ITV, who, who chose to broadcast that game were, were shit in their pants as well because nobody's going to get up and watch an 11.45 kickoff for bloody West Brom against Brentford. It's not going to draw in the same numbers, I wouldn't have thought. So it's lucky it all came together, but it it, it sounded like a roller coaster of a game, really. I've only, mm. only seen the highlights today. They didn't put the highlights up until like yeah, lunchtime today. Didn't yeah. see any of it, really. The, the most I saw of the game was the videos that Harry managed to send from his phone, basically saw the penalty <laughs> go in. And that was from Harry's... Harry's uh, Harry's view, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad we did it. But it, it was not an enjoyable two hours, two hours plus, really. By the end of it, kept cutting out as well. Um, Harry, from from something that happens all the time, which is um, Bailey's having a wobble, to something that hardly ever happens, which is Nelson Semedo scoring a goal. Yeah, um, it's, when was the last time we scored against Man United in that yeah. Nuno farewell game? Yeah, really good goal as well. I mean, the ball from Cunha again, fantastic and. 
I know we're on about Samedo here on this little bit, but Cunha was absolutely unreal. He ran until he literally couldn't run anymore last night. He had cramp at the end and obviously he got the winning penalty. But what a ball by him. What a, an assist for Fraser as well from Cunha. Um, incredible. And also along with him, a close second for me as a, a standout was Tommy Doyle. Tommy Doyle ran the show. He was brilliant in midfield. And yeah, we had a few poor performances. Um, and the starting lineup, obviously, with Joe Hodge in there and of Santi Bueno at the back and Belgard at the top instead of Neto, I kind of thought, oh, is this going to shoot Gary O'Neill in the foot starting this team when we've got Lamina, Neto, and Dawson on the bench? And I'll be honest, it kind of was at one point. Hodge was trying too hard. He had a poor game, kept giving the ball away. Belgard struggled. But once Lamina, Neto, I know Dawson come on late, so that weren't much of a difference. I thought Santi Bueno was actually quite good. But yeah, when the likes of Lamino, Neto and Fraser, to be fair, came on, it all changed. And after he scored Fraser, he had another absolutely unbelievable chance. And it was a good block or save. I can't really remember now. But he could have been the absolute hero and actually got the winner instead of Cunha. So yeah, we had the players on the bench to bring on, thankfully, to save Gary O'Neill's blushes. But fair play to Brentford as well. They came and actually give it a go. They did, obviously, going ahead twice. But um, I always felt like, although it was absolutely carnage and roller coaster, I always felt like we'd come out the winners in the end. Um, question in the comment from Chris. Uh, are, you, <laughs> are you guys always confident when we go behind now? It's a recurring theme under Gary O'Neill, but we always seem to get back into games. Bayless, do you want to answer that one first? <laughs> well, yeah, I've got to start <laughs> having meltdowns. Because we've done it a few 2051, times. 2051, we're just bang average at best. I Had a handful of good results and everyone thinks he's the messiah. Bloke lost to Sheffield United and drew with Luton. I told you I had a proper wobble. Uh, I'm sort of so in that mindset. You remember when we used to go to Wolves games, we'd go one nil down or we'd have a good 20 minutes and then we'd go one nil down and then we could have played until Christmas and not scored. That's sort of the thing that I still expect, but this Wolves side seems to just continually go on. I think even the games where we've been poor, like I thought we were terrible at Arsenal away we still got a goal back and got into the game and for the last 15 minutes we actually gave Arsenal a game and could have nicked it a draw so yeah maybe I've got to be a little more more optimistic in thinking that Wolves can get back into it no matter the score but I don't know we did make bloody hard work of that I'd understand if we were like 4-0 down and you were sending those messages (laughs) but we we, we were one goal behind in in the whole tie actually across the two games we were never more than one goal behind and it, it must have been a frustrating well an exciting but frustrating one for you to watch because like Looking back and looking at the, the second goal, their second goal really, really an, a, annoyed me watching it back because I, I don't know what we're doing. Um, and it, with the check, the check was one one thing, but also just I don't know how how they even scored from that position. Really, it's gone through Tomato and then Doherty and Bueno. I think just didn't really know what what happened with the with the little. I don't know what he did with his feet, but you know yeah. it's a soft goal to concede. And then what was it like though? Because it seemed watched it on the radio as well. Every Watch time it. there's a VAR <laughs> check. Like I keep saying that, don't I? Like yeah. so, listening well, to it on the radio. Every time there's a VAR check, we just have no idea whether it's got any chance so, of being overturned or not, or whatever. I know it's a, a positive podcast, but VAR was one of the main things again last night, and that one in particular. The linesman put his flag up straight away, so the whole crowd kind of went wheeze if to go. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, no goal. And then the VAR check went on for so long. And then to be fair, they put the the still of him onside on the screens in Molyneux, which I've never okay. seen. So all the crowd was like, oh, fair enough then, 2-1. 
We're two one so, down, and there was another long VAR check for a potential red card after we got the penalty for the winner. And there was also because uh, Collins scored again, by the way, but that was ruled out for offside as well. Collins equalised to make it three three. That was coming to the offside. That was that was yeah. Offside. Was, I've seen, would, I've seen it, that. Yeah. Yeah, um, it was like must have been way off, but that was a quick VAR check. But yeah, a lot of VAR last night, which won't be a play with it in the Albion game. It's weird you can say it as well, because the one thing that I found really strange is, I don't know what it is with the FA Cup and their broadcasting, but the commentators on the radio didn't have any sort of replays or any sort of VAR stills themselves. So they were just basically going off what they saw live and then trying to say whether they think it would be overturned or not or or whatever. So they were about as in the dark as we were, really. And it just led for a very stressful listening experience. And. Harry, what did you think of the atmosphere? Because I know there were a lot of tweets at halftime from Albion fans who, I think, taken a picture at halftime when everyone, I think, as Bayliss made the point, is having a bovril. Um, but what, what was it? What was it like inside the ground? Because I think did it, did it at one point it got a little bit cagey. But do you think that's just because of what was yeah. on the line? First of all, you brought up a good point because there were a lot of pictures going around from the Albion fans of empty seats. It was it was a massive queue outside to get in. So the North Bank looked half empty up until about three minutes before kickoff. So those were, those were the pictures circulating. There was 24,000 there. It was pretty full. But uh, Patchy, on the atmosphere, yeah, very, very cagey, very quiet, especially when they they went 1-0 up and 2-1 up. But to be fair to the South Bank, they did try and get the songs going. They, they were singing shit on the Albion and all that. But yeah, cage is probably the right word. But it, it don't help when it's absolutely freezing. It was so cold, and that don't and, and it also don't help. You got no away fans to bounce off. So, in considering all that, I thought the atmosphere was pretty decent. It could have been. It was a lot of spells throughout the game where it was very flat. Don't get me wrong, but overall, I thought it was a uh, decent the atmosphere. And they did enough. I think a few yeah. points, isn't there? Yeah, go on. Go on. The, it was still twenty four and a half thousand. I think it might have been a few more than that. Actually. That's good. I think. Oh, that's really good for, for this game, particularly when it's one hundred and fifty away fans. Yeah, it's a Tuesday night and it's absolutely freezing. They bought 150 fans. And if you went to the game, your points didn't count towards an Albion ticket. So the incentive was reasonably low to go and stand in the freezing cold for 90 minutes on a Tuesday night. So I think Albion averaged slightly less than we got last night in the cold for nothing. In their league game, they won 4-1. So good on you, lads. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I completely agree with that. It's... um... One of, those, one of those, isn't it? Where you, where you, uh, uh, did you think Neto, Neto's was a pen as he didn't really see it proper? Harry, you had a, pro- uh, My, yeah. So if you lads remember, I put in the WhatsApp group, it looked a dive to me. I thought it was a dive, but there must have been contact because VAR checked it. And as we know, whether they go down easily or not, if there's contact, VAR will go with the on field decision. So the Brentford players went mental. They were yeah. absolutely mad. They were convinced Neto dived. And, and that's why they checked the red card because obviously Samedo ran over and shoved someone over. Samedo like a train. That's the thing yeah. I noticed. I was like, well, where's the red card in this? And you see Samedo runs in because someone squares up to Neto and just yeah. meets him to the floor, basically. But but. My first instinct live at the time, and it was my end as well, North Bank end, I thought, oh, that's soft. But I haven't seen it back. So let's trust the AR for Just a point on the penalty. Eight Brentford players surrounded the ref. No yellow cards. Mm, where's the bookings? Yeah, that's true. And yeah, and I think on the on the attendance point, I think 
having played them for what felt like the 17th time this season, you probably don't want to go and watch Wolves versus Brentford for the third time in two weeks as, as well, because you want to in February. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So no, I think, I think that comes into it a little bit, you know, if it had been somebody else, then maybe a couple more. But I mean, if you've, if you've gone away twice and watched them, then. 24,000 for an FA Cup replay against Brentford is a, a really good attendance, particularly, you know, if, if they'd have, they just sold a full allocation. There'd have been a three thousand of them to you know to add on at least two thousand five hundred. I think it's really good. People are worried about the attendance and basically just Albion people on Twitter trying to rattle straight away. But that picture that was being circulated was a good prop. Got to have been fifteen minutes before kickoff. Um, so and it, it's a bit of a cheek really because if you saw their ground when they got through their really difficult uh, FA Cup third round game against Aldershot. Like the order shot end was packed and there's empty spaces everywhere, which I know obviously they're playing a team much lower in the in the league than them. But, you know, still, I, I don't think they should really be shouting about it, but they're just trying to wind us up, just trying to wind us up. Mm. Let's just let's, let's see what happens. People were late because, do you know, when you have to print off your own ticket, people, mm. you know, when people can't use it, that's, that's what was happening outside. So a lot of people were coming in like 10 minutes late to the game. I always, whenever we get, I don't know, this is a bit off topic, but... Whenever it's a game like that and it's you get a print at home ticket, I literally just download the email on my phone, screenshot it, and just zoom in and tap it on the thing. Everyone's got a massive piece of A4 paper. They're folding it up, trying to slot yeah. it into the bloody thing. It's like, come on. <laughs> That's what was causing the carnage outside. The queue was miles long to get into the North Bank. But yeah, I digress. You, the so thing is, they don't they don't publicise they don't publicise that smartphones work and the QR codes mm. work, do they? So if they did, then people would do it more. But they say it's print at home, so people think they literally have to print it at home, which yeah. you know, better communication, it would help. I've yeah, got a aim for you uh, quickly. Just because we mentioned West Brom versus Aldershot. 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 Um, You're so posh, Dan. <laughs> Aldershot, fair play to him, took 4,861 fans to the Albion. Yeah. What was the full attendance? 21. 14,010. Yeah. Sam? Uh, I'll go 16,000. 16,345. Wow. Woo! Well done. Come back, Twitter Warriors. <laughs> um, I, I think actually on the season on the on the tickets thing, the amount of people that still tap in wrong is it, it, you know, how long has it been? Uh, three seasons, is it, that, where it's been tap? Mm. You know, yeah. And they're still standing there putting it in the hole. And it's like, no, 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 they just tap like like last 19 times. Um man of the match, Harry. Who was man of the match? Actually, before we get to man of the match, Ross Bennett, Harry, is oh, a yes. man who is a season ticket holder uh, and ended up being part of the officiating team. Unbelievable. I didn't know about this until I listened to the... No, I saw a tweet, actually, last night. I saw night. the tweet, yeah. I saw the tweet. Yeah, and then I listened to the official Wolves podcast and they released like a 10-minute thing about the game and they interviewed him and he said he was sat in the stand of his son. And I think he must have been in the Billy Wright. He must have been. And he overheard the referee saying one of them had a high blood pressure and it wasn't going back down. So, yeah, he was the fourth official for the whole of extra time. And he had to listen to him talking about VAR decisions and like answer questions to the Brentford bench. But the best part of it was for me, he said he was taking the job that seriously. When we scored the winning penalty, he didn't celebrate. He didn't know if he was allowed to. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was the fourth official. He didn't want to be, uh, you know, he wanted to be neutral, which is what a, what an opportunity, though. Fourth officially in a Wolves game, and you're like a season to cut older. That's crazy. 
the thing about watching Wolves is that I, I don't think my blood pressure is any higher than when we're, when we're watching us, and especially <laughs> when there's something on the line. So um, absolutely fair play for doing that. Uh, let's move on to that man of the match. I think officially, well, BBC-wise, it was Nathan Fraser. Um can see shouts for that. Uh, there's shouts in the comments for Joe Hodge, Cunha. No. Um, <laughs> Hodge is a joke, I think, in the comments. Yeah, I think it was, yeah. <laughs> uh, Bayliss, who was man of the match? From from what what we listened to, from what we listened from what to, I listened to <laughs> Cunha's name came up a lot, and he ran his ass off. So he he sounded like man of the match. Uh, Jack, who sounded like man of the match for you? Well, I have I have watched the highlights as well, and you think obviously Cunha scored the penalty. He got one assist at least. He hit the post. Two assists. Two assists. There we go. I think that that set it all, didn't it? Really, and just the things that that I verbally listened to. <laughs> Uh, Harry, do you have a, a clean sweep? Of yeah, and, and but obviously mentioned for Doyle as well. Fraser was good when he came on. He scored the goal, had a really good chance. And do you know what? He held the ball up well on that. You know, he got himself about. He, like Bayliss said at the beginning, he's a big lad. I can't believe he's 18. And he also he yeah. scored against Blackpool, didn't he? In the, mm-hmm. in the League Cup. And what a moment for his parents. And that's all I could think about. Imagine that. From Technol, I think he is. Yeah, he is. Must yeah, be he is. Him with pride. But yeah, Cunha. Cunha was um, he ran himself into the ground. Can't ask much more than that, can you? Well, just one more question before we move on, because when we were listening to it, like I've said a million times we were listening to it on the radio, everyone knows that now. But it sounded like it was just so end to end. It sounded like every every basically time anyone attacks, there was a decent chance. And watching the highlights back, it seemed like that that was not far off the not far off the truth. Because even after we went um when Cunha scored the penalty and we went ahead, it seemed like they had chances to get mm. back in. And then, then Weno had one right at the end, which sounded like he very nearly scored as well. So was it actually like that? Yeah, the, the, what I will say is there was, a lot, there was a lot of poor defending going on. So it was like that. Brentford had so... They hit the post at one point. I think it was at 2-2. I can't really remember that, but they ran through him from the South Bank. He was literally on the six-yard box and he hit the post. He should have scored. They had a volley yeah. over the bar. They, they had loads of chances thinking back, but so did we. But yeah, it was actually. But I think a lot of that was down to, as I say, tired legs and poor defending, especially towards yeah. the end. Uh, yeah, a couple of shouts in the comments for yeah, Cunha, Samedo even. Um, right, okay, let's move on uh, because it is back to Premier League action. It will be Monday night football. Um, I mean, I'll start with you, Jack, actually. Um not historically a great place for us to go. I think you, you and Bayliss actually went to the uh, last time that we went to the Amex Stadium and got absolutely panned under Lopetegui. Yeah, I don't usually leave games early, but I remember we definitely left that one. But it was, it was, you know, it was, it was ridiculous. Uh, really, I think I'm, I think I'll probably go on Monday night. To be honest, it's not that bad a drive from where I am. I've got a spare Bayliss. If you, if you fancy it, he won't fancy it. Uh, but. <laughs> <laughs> No, no. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm actually out Monday night already. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, what, shooting club. Um, so, yeah, it's a difficult one for us. And it's it's a weird game, this, because it's you know, it's this winter break game. Because obviously they spread the, the uh, Premier League games over a couple of weekends to give everyone a bit of time off. And everyone is just thinking about the Albion game now, aren't they? Yeah. So um, I think he's... There's a few good things from last night. Obviously, Lamina's back and we, we need him because Gomez is still going to be suspended after his, his three matches. Um, but it's quite a big game when you look at the table. That's the thing. It's quite it's quite mm. a big game, this one. It's gone under the radar a little bit. Obviously, our record against Brighton, in my recent memory, last few years has been awful. Um, but this is a game where if we win this, then obviously we've, you know, we've won four Premier League games on a bounce and we're right up there, particularly in the in the top half conversation. Um, so 
Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a big match and it's it's an, it's an important one. It's a shame that it's on Monday night because uh, obviously it's a difficult place to get to and get back from. Uh, but yeah, hopefully he goes back to full full strength and you know starts starts the players who were. Uh, didn't start the other night, you know, Dawson's and Lamina's I'm certain will come straight back in. But it's also at a time where the squad does look a little bit thin. So a, a difficult one, difficult place for us to go, difficult team. I'd take a point, I think, is is um, is where I am right now. But everyone just keeps thinking about the away game. We've got a week on Sunday rather than this one. Um, Harry, what, how do you think he'll go for this one? I mean, Brighton had a little bit of a shaky start to the season, to be fair, and everyone was sort of uh, bigging them up as, as pushing on and Deserby was maybe going to go to Real Madrid and all of this. But they, they've sort of climbed back up the table, eighth in the league now, 31 points. Um, it's almost like a mini mid to upper table league in there with the West Ham's and Manchester United's in there and then Tottenham into fifth. So um, obviously they're going to want to take the points. They're at home and, and as we said before, historically not a great place to go to. Yeah, and also it'd be good to get a bit of revenge because they absolutely spanked us at Molyneux, didn't they? Uh, second game of the season or something. And I agree with Jack, that's what I was going to say. It's been overshadowed a bit because of we've got West Bromwich Albion uh, a week later. And if we win, we can go level on points with them um, and level on points with Chelsea, which is mad to think considering where we were a few months ago. So big game, really big. I think um, it'll start Neto, obviously. Lamina will be back in. Um, you'd probably think Dawson would be back in, which is harsh because I thought Santi Bueno was really good against Brentford. And it'd be interesting to see if he starts Hugo Bueno or Doherty because Doherty was pretty decent against Brentford, but he went off early for Neto. And Bueno looked poor when he came on, to be honest, Hugo Bueno. So, yeah, interesting to see what he selects. Obviously, he'll have the West Brom game in mind a week later. I hope we don't get any injuries, but... At the end of the day, the Premier League is the priority for the owners. But as you know, for fans, we're look, we've got one eye on West Brom. So, yeah, um, it's a shame we haven't got like Huang and Aitnori for this run in. Although I think Huang's actually injured, isn't he? He isn't playing for South Korea. Yeah. So, yeah, but I'd love to have Aitnori for the Albion game, for example. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see what he does because there is a few, there's about four places up for grabs there, which um, he's got to make a decision off, decision on, especially after last night. And also, Fraser. If we don't get a striker in, I know he's only 18, but he's had three chances now and on two of them, he scored twice. I know he come on against Ipswich and did nothing, but we were all poor that game. I mean, if you're looking at it, it's fair enough. If you just say, right, Fraser, you can be the backup striker. Why not? It's better than Fabio. (laughs) (laughs) But he looks like, I mean, he knows what all about, you know, he's a walled lad. He, He looks decent. Whether he's just played out of his skin on the couple of appearances he's come on, but why not give him a chance? Why not? Dan, does he deserve a chance or do you think it's a little bit too early? Because, I mean, we want to learn a little bit of throwing these players that are, that are extremely young in at the deep end. And, you know, um, Brentford aren't, haven't been the best, not the best form, certainly. Um, Brighton's a slightly different animal. I mean, how he took that finish, I'd throw him in, give him a couple of games. There's nothing wrong with it, right? We, we've given far worse players a lot more chances than that. So I'd, I'd definitely get him in there. And what about left wing bank situation? Do you th- I don't know. I'd I'd probably <laughs> I six one half a dozen the other. I don't know. We didn't defend very well last night, so maybe Bueno does have to come in. But I'm fifty fifty because don't I, I, get you a goal. I, I think the team for for Brighton pretty much picks itself with who we've got available, to be honest with you. Like it's Cunha, Sarabia, Neto, uh, Doyle and Lamina in the middle. 
than the three centre backs and uh, Samedo and Doherty. For me, I think that, that's that's it. But I think he'd go Bueno. Bueno, I do. I think he'd pick Bueno. Bueno is really Don't weird, one, isn't it? Because he, he seems to have dropped off so much. He seems really, really low on confidence. Yeah. He really struggled when he came on, but I don't know what it is. I just feel like he'd pick. I think in his mind, Hugo Bueno's a starter over Doherty. So I apart from the defence, do we think do we think the midfield and the, the forward line will be what I said? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. One, what you say about players we miss, the one player that I do, I think we will miss, is I really wish Yao Gomez was available for that Albion game. Because I think yeah. he, he's likely to get stuck in, you know, like he was against Brentford and got sent off. But Yeah, it'd have been good for that. Um, score prediction, Harry? Uh, I reckon it'd be like a 1 1 draw or something like that. I think we're nick something because we're in good form. Uh, Bayless. We're not very good there. Every time I watch us play Brighton, we seem to get panned. So I'm going to say 2 0 to them. Jack? I, I don't see us losing at the moment, to be honest with you. Like, you can say what you want about the fact that we had those two games against Brentford, but everything about that, I think, was character building, especially when you're up against it. You're down to 10 men, you've got big players out. And I know it goes to extra time and you just about scrape through, but you know, that's that's a real positive. That's you know, you can build on that and that's gonna have the dressing room at a high. So I think we'll get something and I'm gonna say one one. One one. Uh one one sounds like a good shout. Uh Chris says, bet on us to score. Brighton haven't had a clean sheet in any Prem game, I think. Ooh. So uh that's one for one for you, Bayless. Speaking of bets, we'll hand over to Mr. Positive. Uh yeah, I'm just adding one in. Thank you. Uh, I've gone with a mix of what you said, weirdly. Um, Start with the negative one. We're just not good at Brighton away. Um, Hinshelwood has scored a few for them of late. That and 2 0 Brighton, 85 to 1. Brighton are pretty keen favourites for it, in all fairness. Um, 1 0 draw with Jao Pedro scoring first gets you a better return, just in the 85 to 1. And then a couple of positive ones. 1 0 Wolves win. Neto to get the goal, 115 to 1. Oh, not bad. And a 2 1 Wolves with Cunha getting the first goal, 95 to 1. So there is some value out there. If you fancy Wolves are going to get a result, there is value. Very, very interesting. We shall see, see what happens. I don't think uh, we'll do. I think that's going too far. But... <laughs> uh, strange, strange things have happened. Um, uh, Jack actually does have some ticket news, I believe. I do have ticket news and it's the talking point of the day, isn't it? I'm doing this freestyle up, but I'm not looking at anything, but everybody was straight away. Even before, you know, the game had kicked off, people were asking questions about, so, you know, Aldershot got 5,000, they got the whole Smedic end. How many are we going to get? What's going to happen? And the clubs must have been in conversation about this, um, obviously, in, in the week before, probably with both Wolves and Brentford uh, to see what allocation they could give us. And the... Um, that it came out, you know, probably about lunchtime today. So they were quite, quite quick on it. And everyone now that you will see on Facebook, Twitter, whoever it might be, some people in this group, in this call actually are just asking <laughs> like, Oh, what's, what's the chances of getting a ticket? Can you help me with an Albion ticket? Can you, can you get one of these? Um, first thing to say is the prices are very reasonable. It's 20 quid for adults. And then there's loads of concessions there. So, you know, the, the price of them will, will not be a factor. Everybody who, uh, who can get their hands on them, I'm sure will. And they've done it in an interesting way. I said last week on the podcast that 
it's going to be a very quick turnaround here. A quick turnaround, and when people have no faith in that new ticket site, is going to be is going to be interesting. I'm pretty sure that the website will crash at some point on Friday morning. So, Oasis ticket holders have Thursday to, to buy their tickets. They go first. Then the points brackets, I think most people will say, was surprisingly low. Mm-hmm. So. The first cutoff is uh, for 1,050 points. And for people who don't know, that means basically you have a season ticket and you must have gone to five other games this season, whether those be away games or they be cup games or friendlies, actually, or the home friendlies count as well. So there's going to be quite a few people, in, particularly in those top two brackets. So there's 1,600 away season ticket holders. Um, the rest of it that make up that closed shop, which go to most of the away games, is it makes it to 3,000. So all those people are going to be in that top bracket and basically getting their tickets by Friday morning. The club will probably hold a few back, as they always do. They'll probably keep 100 or so, probably just you know, for family and club legends, whatever it might be. But Mr. what Miami. does it mean... Mr. Miami, what happened to him? But what it does mean is the interesting thing because this allocation is uh, higher than it is for normal away games in the Premier League, which are 3,000, that there's going to be you know, just shy of a thousand tickets, 900 or so tickets to go to other people. And everyone now has been racking up their brains, trying to count their points and see what the cutoff is and how they're going to fit in. Uh, so the club have confirmed that everybody who's got over 1,050 points is guaranteed a ticket. So there will be some that fall down into the brackets of definitely 1,040, possibly 1,030. So what that means is if you've been to, let's say, just the, the two home cup games this season, which were uh, Brentford and Blackpool, plus the friendlies, you've got a shot at the ticket for Albion away, which is quite a, a, an interesting thing, really, because it's, uh, it's you know, it, all you've had to do is go to all the home games this year and you've got one. Similarly, though, you could find yourself in the position where this, this is one thing I don't really agree with and how the club do it. So let's say you're really lucky and you enter the ballot for the away tickets every every week and you've hit two of them this season, so you've already got two away games in, they give you loyalty points for that. So basically, you being lucky and getting getting a ticket for that means you get more more chance now of getting a ticket for these later games. So mm. if you've just been to, to two away games or, you know, to be fair, the, the Brentford game last week didn't sell out. So it didn't sell out till like the week before. So you could have got one like last minute, one of the less desirable ones. You've got a chance if you've been to the Home Cup games or a couple of the friendlies. So it's going to be a scramble, basically. I My prediction is that um, they will probably get down as low as the 1,030 bracket. But when it gets that low, there'll be a few left. There won't be many left at all. The club do these calculations. So usually the top two brackets have, have a good shout. But go on, Harry. Last night's home fix does not count towards the points. No, that is a bit harsh, I think, but they usually do that. The cutoff for most away games is a little bit before uh, in real time. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's the way it's always been, to be fair. But I think a lot of people will be thinking that they've got maybe 1,040, but they probably haven't because last night's game doesn't count because they already did the calculations based on that not taking place. You only ever get awarded loyalty points after the game is finished. It's never before. So that's basically, I think, why it must be, which is a bit harsh. But it's going to be a scramble. I've already seen tweets of people asking, saying they'll pay £1,000 for a ticket and things like that. But... Uh, it, it's you know it's, it's a difficult one because everybody wants to go, but it, four thousand people are arguing that the allocation should be more. I think there's a lot to do with the police, but you know fifteen percent of twenty six thousand, know, it's, it's about four k in it. So it, 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 they've given us what they had to, so we can't moan too much. But yeah, there'll be a scramble, and I don't know whether they'll do anything like IDing people with tickets or anything like that, so they don't get passed on. But I don't think so. But it's going to be a fun one. 
certainly is, <clears throat> especially if it's a draw, because then we'll all go to that one. So <laughs> if we'll it's go to the home one. It'd be interesting, we'll though, wouldn't it? it yeah. I think the point was made in the comments is would, would they get the North back? Is it a no. replay? No, no, they won't do that again. They'll do the quadrant yeah. and the steeple lower. Is it definitely a replay, yeah? This round year? three and four, four are. So yeah. I, th- I think what they've done yeah. is I'd, I'd rather it be a replay every time, but I think what they've done is because of how much the replays mean to the lower league clubs, replays in round three and four, because they're unlikely to make it to round five, aren't they? let's be honest. So I think that's basically why why they've done it. Um, but yeah, I think they'll have the quadrant and the steeple lower if it does go to a replay. Um and I don't know. I think you boys. I think you boys are going to be a bit short of the. Well, yeah, I think. we'll be in the pub. I'm gutted, but it's just fair, it's fair, isn't it? If you don't go, you don't deserve to go to Albion. I mean, unless a lot of people going. Oh, like two years ago, I never missed an away game, but it's tough, isn't it? If you ain't got the points. You remember the same yeah. thing, like when, when we got to the playoff final first time around, or or these sorts of games where people are like, oh, I've had a season ticket for twenty years, but then gave it up last season. It's like, and that's the way it goes. It counts for nothing now. Like, yeah. so. Yeah. There will be a lot of people like who haven't got a season ticket and they'll have a mate who's got enough points and they'll go, but if it's just who you know, isn't it? It's just I already know of, of, already know a few tickets who are changing hands because people are away and these sorts of things. But I, they don't ID. I, I don't think they will ID. There'll be too many. No, 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 I don't, no. Yeah, they won't ID, no. no but, um, I've got... Be, um, Sorry, so I've got 1,030, so I'm literally just going to miss out. I'm going to be on the category below. It might be chance, I'll go on though, because you think you'll go on one forty. You think? Yeah. So yeah, I the, think so. when when there's only going to be eight hundred tickets, you think how there's probably quite a few people who go to every home game, no matter what it is. So if they've got the two friendlies and the two cup games, that's yeah. I keep saying yeah. the two cup games though, but last night doesn't count, does it? That's the thing. No, I keep the away does. So they need to have probably yeah. gone to an away game at some point this season, which they'll probably that's that's why the, the brackets are low, really, because once you go past that three thousand core who go to most of them, everyone else has got much lower points totals because you just can't get the points because it's hard to get them for away games. Mm. So it would have been the, the, the Blackpool game. Black Blackpool game. I think games like we said, just the Brentford uh the Brentford uh, Cup game originally, that that would count. Uh, the the two the two friendlies against yeah, I can't remember Rens somebody else probably the Ipswich away game in the Carabao Cup as well that would count not many would have gone to that, that. <laughs> yeah so th- those are the sort of games, games. I, I, I do say to people though like I, I say to you guys every now and then but if you've got a season ticket it's worth just buying a ticket for the home friendlies and then any game you can buy a ticket for you know making the effort and going because if you get yourself to the home friendlies the cup games and the less desirable games like the Brighton's away on a Monday night you'll suddenly find yourself at the front of the queue for when this happens. So, Very, very interesting. A good comprehensive breakdown. Thank you very much, Jack. Uh, let's move on to FFP. Uh, Nottingham Forest and Everton have been charged. Uh, Everton for the second time this season, Harry, I believe, because um, they, haven't been done twi- they haven't been done for the same thing twice, but when they put the books in in December, they'd still broken the rules. So um came out this maybe a week ago, was it Football Insider? We're saying Wolves are dangerously close when we talked about on the podcast last week saying, you know, it's a, it's an easy get out, isn't it, when you say someone's dangerously close. Um, but I think in the end, it was something like £7 million under um, the cutoff, which is great news and I suppose a little bit of indication for Foson. Yeah. Um, yeah, that Football Insider did get people a bit scared. And I, I, I did look a little video on it and I think you point out, Sam, to be fair, Using the term dangerously close was just clever from him, wasn't it? 
it was just like, well, if it, if Wolves don't get done, they can be like, no, 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 we just said it's close. But it's so funny that Everton, well, say funny, you know what I mean? Especially Forrest. I was just like, for God's sake. But yeah, Forrest and Everton, bad boys, and they're cracking down on everyone but the top six, aren't they? If you're Man City, you're okay. <laughs> but yeah, um, I've seen Gary O'Neill talking about it today as well, like saying that it's justified. Was it 17 players we got rid of in the summer? Got rid of a lot of the wage bill as well. And look where we are. But he pointed out quite rightly, if we were sat on 12 points now, would fans care <laughs> that we did uh, well with the FFP? And you've got to be careful now. The, the Premier League is showing the cracking down on it. And there's so much more to it that we'll never understand. Because it ain't just about transfers, is it? It's about everything else with, to do with your club and with the finances. And Everton, their defence is that they're getting shafted because they're building a new stadium. So like, they're blaming the financials around that, but yeah, good. I don't think that counts, that. though. I, I think that's hot air. I, I don't. I don't think that that's the sort of thing that's included. I, I, I'm not they sure. Got, Again, so Everton, it, Everton officially lost 250 million, but because they said they're building their stadium and all that, it got put down to 125 million. I listened to um, a really good podcast, uh, the Gary Neville, the Gary Lineker one. This is football. They had like a financial expert on, and I can't relay it because this was like a month or so ago when I listened, but. A lot of it is to do with the brand and everything. So they actually lost 250 million Everton, but then they put in all these arguments about their stadium. So it is something to do with the stadium. But they their argument is that they were under 105, but they got investigated and it's 125 million. But now it's more. This was the previous three seasons. Now it's more. They've done it again. So That's God knows what's going to happen to I, them. Because the COVID year drops off, doesn't it? Mm. I, I, I know they're playing the, the, you know, the victim's card, and I, I do agree that it's, um, it's a bit harsh considering the things hanging over Man City and Chelsea, which will never get resolved. But if you're losing 200 billion quid and you're finishing 17th with Connor Cody playing for you, what, what are you doing? Like, what's going on? Like, that's oh. to be, that's to be something on them, surely. Yeah. Forrest as well. They like two years in a row, they lost quite a bit. And then they knew they were like in the balance because FFP warned you. They like tell the club, be careful. And then that they went absolutely nuts, didn't they? Like brought about a million players. So it's like a, they just look at the man on football where it's like from the, yeah. from the accountant. Be careful, guys. <laughs> Forest, Forest, basically, Forest. I've no sympathy for Forest because everyone, if you look at their their transfers from that first season back, they signed about twenty players. Some of them for God knows how much money. So that basically, they they knew this was going to happen. They said, right, we're going to gamble here. We're going to spend all this money. Hopefully, we'll stay up. And you know what? It might pay off, especially even if they get ten point deduction this season with the way the lease they won't. is shaping up. There might be a it don't game, happen. It's next season. Oh, it's next season. Yeah, it, it okay. don't get decided till the end of this season now. So okay, so there won't be a double deduction for Everton. Then. All the Leicester mm. fans kicking okay. off because obviously Everton did it over the previous years, but the deduction came this year, so Leicester would have. They're going to sue them. Yeah, there was a few clubs that were looking to sue Everton because of it. Yeah. What, what do you think, Bayless? What the 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 whole thing because it's over a period of time, like you say, three years, and you're going to get clubs going. Well, we wouldn't have got relegated if this had happened. But then it's too late, isn't it? I suppose it's too late. I don't like the idea of capping it, and what they've introduced now clearly isn't fair because it's still allowing the top clubs to spend as much as they want, and they aren't bringing through the investigations or charges quick enough. So it's not it's not really serving its purpose. It's as usual with everything the Premier League bring in. It's to shit on teams about our size, which is what they seem to do at every turn. They've done it with the VAR, they're doing it with the finances, and they'll continue to do it with everything else. Um, so and it says it all, doesn't it? Because I think Richard Masters, who obviously heads the Premier League, was in a select committee 
in mm. Parliament saying, and I think he referred to Forest and Everton as small clubs. And obviously, you know, it, it depends how far you go back because Nottingham Forest have won the European Cup twice. Uh, Everton have won the league, is it five times? In the 80s, wasn't it? Um, yeah, and I'm, you know, what does he mean by that? Is he, does he mean rich, not quite cash rich, which then makes you a, a small club? It's just bollocks. It's him trying to talk his way out of a situation they've created that's pissed a lot of people off. And they'll continue to do so because they're not going to be challenged on this. And as long as the Man City's, Liverpool's, et al. at the top of the league keep doing what they're doing, the Premier League rakes in billions a year in everything that it's doing, they won't care. This is only here to make sure that the teams at the top stay at the top and the ones that come up can't do too much to challenge them. We've said, we've said before, haven't we, that the, the, the name of it is just wrong when it's called a financial fair play. It's nothing to do with fair play. If it's fair play, everyone has the same pot of money to spend and they, they have to do with it what they want. But when it's, it's, it's not fair play when Chelsea can spend a billion dollars on absolute shite and be fine. So, Have you seen um, the Newcastle fans and are going mad because Eddie Al come out, didn't he, saying that they've got their hands tied now. They've got yeah. to start selling now, so they're going to get punished. And the, the money they've got... They've got to be careful. Isn't I, I think the difficult thing is, is I quite like football and the underdog story and people competing in leagues. So you need that little bit of disparity and some clubs being wealthier and some not. But at the same time, it can't be a free for all where five or six are protected and stay at the top, and the rest of us have to deal with the same rules. So there's got to it's got to be a middle ground where you sort of say you lot can't take the piss and you lot don't go bust and sort of protect it that way. but And it does seem to be, actually, that Everton could could be Dr. Points this season. Oh, really? I, I uh, thought so. I thought, I thought it could oh, be this wrong, season. Yeah. I was wrong, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, thought it so, said, I thought it said it after the end of the season. That mm-hmm. No, no. So they, they would, I, I think they'd fall to bottom bottom of the league, I think, if it, it goes again. I mean, it would have been 20 points off. So I mean, pretty, you're going to be pretty close to the bottom should that happen. Um, but it'd be very, very interesting to see what happens. And I think it does come down to not just players, player like buying players, it's, it's the wage bill. I mean, could you imagine our wage bill? And I, when I said that it was only £7 million or something under the threshold, and that was quite comfortable. But if you add in Diego Costa's wages to that, Matinho, Neves, Damatriori, mm-hmm. Fabio, great point. And, and the players <laughs> that have left. Actually, yeah. Raul, yeah, you know, big earners where, you know, that's £7 million quid over a season and if it was that close makes a big difference at the end of the day because you know mm. we, we said last night didn't we we said the bench looks a bit weak and you think oh you know if you had in Martino Jimenez yeah and, and all of those players on it's a very very strong bench but at the end of the day that's going to absolutely ruin your FFP because the wa- the wage bill would just just I mean, take fair, away fair, fair play to them in all like we start the season we were hang, handing out pelters now if if they've got this all right and they've avoided it all and they've offloaded the expensive stuff and got through ready to go again and they do spend again, that is some savvy financial management. Like, Definitely. fair play to them. Selling Nunes, though, I think that that's the key, isn't it? Nunes. Like, that's, that's the thing that's probably, yeah. probably like put us over the line, really, in, in terms of that threshold. And that seems like a great bit of business now, doesn't it? I think yeah. that's the best bit of business we've done out of the club, probably ever. And then get Doyle in as his replacement and worked out yeah. too bad, has it? For what was it? Ten million quid option? Option five, five million was it? Five. Mm-hmm. Was it five options? million was it? And was it? They should crazy? do it. They should do it in January. I think. Really. Yeah. Agree. Pay the money. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, mate. What do you, well, you get for five million quid these days? It doesn't buy you a championship centre back, does it? Let's be honest. No, no, that's no. Really true. Um, it would. It will be interesting to see what happens to City. Um, uh, where is it? Where's the comment? Uh, give City a sixty-five point deduction. Should be more than uh, that, and we can look if they still so, avoid relegation. That, that, that was my prediction, actually. My, my prediction, actually, is what they'll do is they'll save this until a, a year where City comes second in the league, but they still get like 85 points or something and then say, oh, we're giving them the 40 points now. So they don't get relegated, but they, you know, that that's the punishment. They don't want to lose the brand falling all, all the way out of the league. It's too precious for them. So they'll they'll time it and say, oh, we'll do it now. They, they came second. We'll give them 40 points at the end of the season. So they end up finishing, you know, 16th or something like that. Yeah, and uh, Steve Wharton Wolf says uh, Palace were pretty close because of their wage bill. It, it, it definitely comes into it, and it, it's not just the wages; it's the signing on fees, and it's the loyalty bonuses and other bonuses that you know it, it can stack up. Especially if you're a club where you've got strikers that are scoring goals, you've got players that are keeping clean sheets, and, and this, that, and the other. One we haven't said, Sam, that actually spring to mind when we said about the Nunes, Gibbs White. That was a that was a big one as well. That helped us. Like, yeah, what was that? 20, and when are those cut off dates? And we're still when getting paid for them staying up. Well, the, the last three year period ended May, just gone. So we've actually, we're in a good balance at the moment. Mm. Yeah, I, I think yeah. it's still going to be pretty close because we obviously spent a lot of money last summer and those books will still be part of that three year period where you can only lose 105 million. So I, I think it's the the year, possibly Fabio's year drops off now. Would that be right? Mm. Uh, so that was so Fabio, so Fabio and yeah. Tomato. in there as well. Obviously, was a lot of money at the time. Thirty was it thirty-seven million in the end, and then thirty-eight million in Fabio. Um, you know, that, it's it's a big chunk, and obviously the Jota money is is the other side of that. So it's maybe not as bad as as we thought, but I think they have still got to be a little bit careful for the time being because because of the expenditure. But it is a bit stupid because I mean, you could go and you could go and lose one hundred and five million in that first season. And then break even for another two. I'm not saying that that's easy to do. It's just that it it oh, it's just yeah. saves the elongation of it. So just mm. actually looking at the comments, everyone's saying that Nunez is, was too late to count in this round. So still a good deal got but, in, um, in the balance yeah. for the next step. Yeah. Yeah, very, very interesting. Uh, a couple of transfer rumours today, Harry. Uh, Ryan Aitnori linked with Arsenal and Liverpool. Um, if he was to go, I mean, he signed into a, a pretty... A fairly long-term deal, isn't he? So, what what sort of money would you need to be looking for him? He's. Uh, I'm officially putting it out there. He's not for sale, Sam. So I'm not answering that question. <laughs> Hypothetically, how much? Do you a, think? Lot, is he, a lot. A lot. Is he nine million, million better than Ryan Giles? He's a. He's a. I love Aitnori. He's one of our most important players. So I'd want a lot of money if we were selling him, like a ridiculous amount, because he is brilliant. So yeah, forty odd million maybe. It's forty million about about right. Couldn't get the couldn't get the team under Lopetegui though, could he? Right. <laughs> he's a man um, now, though. I, I don't know. I, I know he's been linked with like Man City, and that there was there was actually there was a rumor I saw for for Man City and Neto actually as well. I, it's it's going to be this way, isn't it? But it's the seventeenth of January, and so far nothing has happened. So uh, let's let's leave this to the summer. Potential one here: Jago most Spurs thirty million. Uh, Bailey, do you think there's any traction in that? I mean, it's a, it's a pretty quick no. return on investment. The journalists just go around picking up players that get a little bit of form or notoriety and then pick another top Premier League side out of the hat to fill up space on their... Insane, that, though. 
I do think Neves will leave in the summer. Um, Neto, sorry. I do think Neto will go yes, this summer. Absolutely class, but that's exactly. Not so Nate yeah. so Nori, so's Gomez. That's why they're all being linked with big clubs. Well, yeah, I mean, I think what, we, what we've seen actually with Jordan Henderson, who's obviously joined Ajax after um, changing the world over in Saudi Arabia, he's now going to go to Holland and maybe sort out the drug problem there. Um, <laughs> is that maybe it actually counts as to be happy when you're where you're playing football? And, and to be fair, Harry Pedro Neto looks, I think, the happiest that he's ever looked. And, and sometimes the grass isn't always greener, and he's well compensated as it is. Yeah, but I didn't think Jota would ever leave, so they always leave. Um, Neves, <laughs> Neto, Neto stayed. I know he's had injuries, Neto, but if he didn't. The way he was playing before he got his last serious yeah, one, I don't think he'd be a Wolves player now anyway. Yeah, never they, stayed they, a bit longer than we expected. They'll all leave and, the, and you can't blame them because basically we, we gave these players a route into the Premier League and you have to remember they're Portuguese, they're not English. They're not going to have the same local tie that, you know, potentially Fraser or people like that might have. So it, it's part of, it was always seen as a stepping stone for them. So, you know, that, that's fair enough. And the only way we can do better about trying to keep them is by increasing our league position and, you know, getting into the top half into those European places because, you know, suddenly if you've got a chance of winning a decent trophy, then people are more likely to stay. But I agree, if it was just about the money, then everyone would be in Saudi Arabia now. But the Henderson thing, it's, it, you know, it's not all about that. Is it? He's obviously clearly unhappy, but I don't know how he could be unhappy. I know Harry said last week on 700 grand a week, whatever he's getting paid. Yeah, but he was on that minimum wage in Liverpool, though, was he? I mean, like, it, how much money is is an amount of money where it doesn't really matter whether it's 200 grand a week or it's 700? Like, but the end, never- end of the End of your career, though, just go and play in Saudi for three years, and just that's it, isn't it? You could, you could even go never to America for a year after. Like, and he never is enjoying his 600 grand a week, whatever he's on, so it can work. Uh, coming from IH, um, I think I think that's our model, which it is because um, I don't know if you want to read it out. Uh, I think that's our model, sadly, now sign decent young players for not mega bucks, then sell them for a massive sum. Yeah, I mean, every single ass wolves you watch of Jeff Shee, that's what he says. He's always bringing that up, which is fair enough. But that's the sort of, I, I know, I know if you're a Wolves fan, you think we're the biggest club in the world, but that's the sort of club we are. We're at that level yeah. where at the end of the day, if we sign a really decent player, a big club will take them off us. That's the level we're at as a team. I don't see it. It keeps us sustainable. That's what keeps a club of our size yeah. sustainable. Profit and sustainability. We've arguably only done it once and that was Jota. Never. Yeah, because yeah, he went for, to Saudi though. So, I mean, he, we were never going to get anywhere near £47 million pounds if Saudi Arabia. So he. <laughs> Great bit of business. See, fair, return on investment, 100 grand, wasn't he, I think. How much was Neto? I know it's like a buy one, get one free deal with him and Jordal, but that's going to be yeah. a great bit of business. When that comes From memory, it was, it was 12 million for both. I think it was 12 million euros. So I think it's about nine and a half million quid for Neto and Jordal. Cool. Um, so, didn't even yeah, draw down, did we? <laughs> no, he's still knocking around, though, isn't he? Is he still knocking around? I think. He I don't know. Is he on loan? I don't even know. I thought I don't know if he's on loan or gone. I'm not sure. He's, he's definitely not here. But no, he's not. <laughs> is he here? No, he's not here. The only other <laughs> rumour I saw quickly, Sam, was that is it Broja from Chelsea? B R O J A, but we've got Fraser yeah. now. So yeah, so not that on the head. We've got Fraser. Don't worry. But yeah, I don't think yeah, he's I didn't been see that, doing that the, well. Um, but, is is he the Albanian? Yeah, I, I probably butchered his name, but I'm sure it's spelled B R O J A, and he was like highly rated when he first went there. I think, but 
as as we know, we get linked with these uh, players, don't we? So. I did see. I saw that report. And it said uh, banking on it would only happen if Chelsea sign a striker. I'm sat there going, they've got about 900 players in their squad. Why? <laughs> why would it? Why would that make any difference to them? Uh, but there you go. Um, another one was Guedes to Saudi Arabia. That would be nice. Forty mm. million pounds. Uh, yeah. Means I will drive him there in the van. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Well, best of luck if you head into the Amex for Monday Night Football. Uh, we will say goodbye to Harry Mansell. Goodbye, Dan Bayliss. Goodbye. And Jack Williams. Ta-ra. And it's a goodbye from me. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, full work, limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.